Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail. I'm doing like the anticipation from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Joining me on this Rocky Horror Picture Show podcast. No, this is a Walt Disney World podcast. Is one uh, Chicken Nugget Part 2 or I don't know. What do you want to be referred to as today? Today, I am... The lips from the Rocky Horror oh. opening picture show. Okay. With the red lipstick on. Mm-hmm. Very you're very toothy. Thank you. <laughs> I'm all teeth today. Yeah. McKenna Monorail is joining me today. And it's just the two of us. Should we start singing? Just the, the two, two of us. <laughs> we can make it if we try. Just, just the, the two, two of us. us. You and I. Like was, Austin Powers. That was perfect. Yeah. What's your favorite version of Just the Two of Us? Will Smith? You like the original? Yeah, OG. The OG version? Who sings it? I don't know, but I like it. I like it best. Is it Otis Redding? I have no idea. Let's uh, let's I'm play a little game of Google. Goggle it. Hey, just Google it. Yeah. Grover Washington Jr.? Oh, that makes sense, because I do love him. I never would have guessed that one. I was way off. It was. It's Booker Samsonite. T. Samsonite. I was way off. Anyway, let's get to the matter at hand, and that is, of course, discussing Walt Disney World news. Bum, bum, bum. Thank you for joining us once again. This is episode number 50 what? Tell me what it is, McKenna, because I bet you don't know. 53. No. 54. Uh, Heinz. That's your hint. Heinz. It's a sauce that goes on steak. People put it on steak when they want to ruin their steak. There you go. Heinz 57. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that was the number. You got it. I just, I associated the word steak with seven, so I just guessed. That's weird. I wonder why. Because they're both S's, and I was like, seven, steak, <laughs> but they don't sound the same. Okay. Sushi. Sushi. Seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. I would say six. Ah, we have another S word. A <laughs> <laughs> number S word. Yeah. Okay, well, this is episode 57. Today is May the 20th, and we are counting down the days until this monorail moves down to Orlando. We're almost there. We're getting there. We are officially on the clock. Moving date is bearing down on us. We've got a lot to do, but it's all in the name of getting us down there, so we're very excited. Let's kill some time by talking about some Walt Disney World news, why don't we? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. This week, we learned that there will be a new signature dining experience coming to the Japanese pavilion of Epcot's World Showcase. It is called Takumite, I think. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. It could be Takumitai. Do you think that's T-E-I? T? T. You took Japanese? No, that is not T. Nope. (laughs) Takumite. I guess it could be. I don't know. I don't think, know. Think about the 10 years of Japanese that you took. Oh, yeah. The 10 years of Japanese I took. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with my advanced knowledge, I'm going to say it's actually pronounced Japan. Ah, erigato. Ah, yes. <laughs> okay, so Takumi Te coming to Epcot in the summer. This summer, summer of 2019. I actually didn't think it was going to be this soon, but it certainly is. And I'm excited because I really enjoy Japanese food. Of course, we all enjoy a good Japanese hibachi steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Sushi is delicious. Yeah. Appreciate a nice sake. Yep. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes. No, you do not. I don't. You will someday. Maybe. Hopefully. Um, this restaurant is not hibachi style. It's a, 
supposed to be more of a you know table service, your standard table service, but in the style of the Japanese tradition, and it's going to be more upscale. They say that Takumite means house of the artisan, and the design celebrates the relationship between Japanese craftsmanship and the natural world, while the food is inspired by the wonderful collaboration between nature and Takumi, or the artisan. And it, the menu is going to highlight Wagyu beef in a sublime setting. And apparently you will also be able to participate in a multi-course tasting menu that will fe- feature a traditional tea service. Ooh. It sounds great. It sounds awesome. Yeah. It, uh, oh, interesting enough, it's going to be operated by Mitsukoshi USA, who is also the company that operates that large... Uh, department department store. store. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, is amazing. Yeah. And they also um, operate Teppan Edo and Tokyo Dining as well. I didn't realize that. So, yeah. Very cool. So, more to come, but it's on the way and it'll be here before you know it. It'll certainly be here before we get Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. No. <laughs> Shush. Shush oh. your mouth. But I do have good news for you, oh, McKenna. Oh, good news for McKenna. And it's related to Remy's, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Yes. What is it? They decided to announce that things have been going very well with construction. Yeah. And they've moved the opening date up. To win. By one month. Oh. <laughs> so I think, I think it's supposed to be May of next year. That's like a year away. That's a whole year from now. But hey, maybe it'll keep going well. Once they get Star Wars Galaxy's Edge open, maybe they can send all their extra... I've decided to send the rats to Galaxy's Edge Mm -hmm. to prevent them from continuing so that they'll focus on Remy. Well, that won't work. They'll just spend time chasing rats. Okay, fine. The rats will go and build Remy. (laughs) They're smart. Mm. I believe in them. More construction news. The Tron Coaster that's coming to Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom actually hit a big milestone this week. The uh, they announced that they officially set the steel columns that are going to serve as the framework that will support the coaster's track in Tomorrowland. So that's exciting. This one's not supposed to open until 2021, so it's even further out. But it should be open in time for 2021 to help celebrate the Magic Kingdom's 50th anniversary. So that's exciting. I'm very excited about that coaster. And I don't know if you've seen on the social medias, but apparently Tomorrowland's been getting a fresh coat of paint lately. Oh. They've been going with white and kind of pastel colors. That's weird. And they're kind of saying, well, they're doing this kind of in preparation for Tron to make everything look a certain way and a little more uniform. But... Again, Disney, you're doing it wrong. I'm feeling real nervous. This just go chrome. We want chrome everything, we please. We want chrome. Chrome all day. Chrome, chrome, chrome. Chrome and a little bit of red. Maybe some gold. That's it. That's all you need. That's the future. Yeah. Well, and you can have that blue. There's like an electric blue that you can add in there because that'll go well with the Tron. The future is chrome. <laughs> future. <laughs> chrome. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. I'm excited. I really feel like it is going to play a major role in what Tomorrowland looks like in the future. Future. It is the future. Uh, it Dad. is the future. I know. We'll see how it goes. I do get very nervous about Tomorrowland when they start tinkering around with it because I feel like they don't know what they want to do with it. But I really hope what they do is let Tron kind of dictate what the aesthetic of Tomorrowland is. Cause I wouldn't mind if it's all like digital and neon and neon. And yeah, I think that would be cool. I'm okay with that. And if they want to go digital yeah. neon, like that kind of stuff. Fine. I mean, I'm kind of a sucker for, um, the 1930s books where they talk about the future and it's exactly how they like the Jetsons, you know? Yeah. I'm a sucker for that kind of future. I think it's fun. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be sad to see them change it. I know. I like that too. This whole concept of fantasy future. Yeah, I love fantasy future. Me too. I'm all I'm all on board with that. And I don't know why Disney won't just embrace it and run with it. But Yeah, they can do a lot of fun stuff with that. Hey. Fantasy future. Yeah. Speaking of digital fantasy future, let's talk about how technology is influencing our experience in the parks. 
Oh, are we talking about the Play Disney app? We are talking about the Play Disney Parks app. And first I wanted to ask you, I know we've had a few chances to kind of play with it on a few different trips. And what do you think about what you've experienced with the app so far? I think it's fun. It's definitely a battery drainer, but I like all the little games. I wish they had them in more places. And I like, I just, I enjoy it. And I enjoyed the little interactive stuff we got to do in Epcot. Mm -hmm. It was fun. So it is a separate app from the My Disney Experience app. You do have to download it and it does suck that battery just like the My Disney Experience app. But it's pretty cool because using geolocation, it actually allows you to play games that are specific to the queues that you're in. And you get medals for going on rides. You get achievements and and medals. I'm a junkie for awards. Me too. I, I'm going to write everything. And if I don't get my medal, then I've actually found that you can go on the app and say, because it knows you're at the ride. Yeah. And if it doesn't give you the thing, then you can say, I was on this ride and they'll give it to you. Yeah. And what you have to do is you have to open the app and then just, you can have it running in the background, but you ride the ride and it should <laughs> register that you've done it. And then it gives you the achievement, but there have been times it hasn't worked. Yeah. So there's a way to get it. There's a way to get them. Okay. So that's good. I like it because people always say, well, isn't it going to distract from just spending time and interacting with the people with you, that you're with? And it doesn't Mm-mm. because, first of all, sometimes you're in lines that are two hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, we try yeah, to I avoid those, next. but it does happen. And I mean, you're going to be interacting with your family, your friends all day long. When you're in a two hour line, you're not just constantly engaging in conversation anyway. This is a good way to actually encourage more interaction because a lot of times, like for Soren, you're playing trivia. And yeah, it's, which it's, is fun. Yeah, trivia is a fun, interactive kind of thing. So, and then in the Toy Story, uh, in Toy Story Land, when you're waiting for Slinky Dog, you play a game that where it encourages you to play with multiple players. Yeah, you're supposed to have a team, and then it's like a board game. It's so much fun, and they'll make you take pictures of your fellow teammates. Yeah, so. It actually encourages more interaction. Now, is it possible that it could distract you from kind of enjoying the environment and the queue that you're in? I guess. Potentially, maybe you're not looking around as much as you should. But I wouldn't say people are walking around the parks just staring at their Play Disney app. That's not happening. Mm -mm. So I was kind of looking forward to where are they going with this app? What kind of things are they going to add to it? And we've already seen that they have started introducing some more elements to it. And I was kind of hoping that we would start to see the app influencing your environment. Yeah. And that is what is coming. So the first example is they have introduced a new game for Toy Story Mania. While you're in queue for Toy Story Mania, you can play a Stinky Pete inspired game. This one is called Playset Party. Basically, you progress through a series of mini games to help assemble the Toy Story Mania playset. Once you've completed all the minigames, Stinky Pete may just pop out and surprise you. And it says, here's the hint. Keep your eyes open near the end of the queue for a Wild West style jail cell that Andy has constructed. So very cool. You're getting like an actual reward in the queue for completing the games on the app. I love that. I love seeing that kind of thing. And it really gets my imagination going with what we're going to get from that app in Galaxy's Edge. Because we know Disney's announced that... Your Play Disney app is going to have a lot of interaction in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I think in Star Wars, it's going to be a lot... The like the app itself is going to be a lot different because it's... I mean, it's a whole new thing. And I hope they do something similar to the Perry the Platypus thing. Not like a run around and like try to find clues and stuff, but... Having lights turn on or things happening around you because of the stuff you're doing on your app. I think that would be so much fun. It would be really cool. I remember reading that you might be able to unlock secret doors with the app. Do things like that. So there will be interactive environment elements that you'll be able to access by playing with the My Disney or playing with the Play Disney Parks app in Galaxy's Edge. So that's just a little hint. I mean, who knows? There could be so much more. I'm pretty excited about that. A couple other things that they've added just really quickly. They have added a new themed experience for Splash Mountain into the Play Disney Parks app. And they've added a game for the Kidcot Fun Stops in Epcot's World Showcase. So for uh, Splash Mountain, 
It's called the Zippity Doo Day. And of course, by the way, both of these apparently are presented by Ziploc. <laughs> which we know is the sponsor of Splash Mountain. Yeah, which, you know, I don't mind because you get a fun Ziploc bag. Yeah. <laughs> protect your phone. Free souvenir, that's what I say. Free souvenir. Yeah, so the Splash Mountain app. Guests will find their laughing place as they play together through a series of Splash Mountain-themed minigames featuring some woodland pals from the attraction. After completing these whimsical challenges, guests are rewarded with special photo frames to help them capture their memories. Similarly, with the Disney Kid Caught Puzzle Hunt, guests embark on an interactive world tour to find physical jigsaw puzzles throughout the Kid Caught Fun Stops in all 11 World Showcase pavilions. After completing the pavilion's puzzle hunt through the app, guests are rewarded with digital jigsaw puzzles and special photo frames themed to each pavilion to com- commemorate their journey around the world. Very cool stuff. You're actually getting digital rewards. I know that's something not something physical, but it's a reward for something that you're doing in the in the app, which I think Disney's just continuing to look for ways to drive traffic to the app. Yeah. And this is just another way to do it. People love frames, people love filters. Give us special filters. Ooh. That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. And there are a pair of interactive games that you can play in Pandora as well. Did you try those when we were there last time? The internet, I did. I did. There actually, there's one where you run around and you're trying to like, I was someone, an explorer in Mm -hmm. the game and I was trying to find different species of things. It was really, it was interesting. It was cool. I wish I could have ran around and did it, but Pandora's kind of cramped. Well, there, and it was packed when we were there. Yeah, so it was hard to actually run around and do the game, but it was fun what I did get to do. Yeah, well, good. I didn't get to try those. I'm looking forward to trying them when we go back. And that's something, too. The Play Disney Parks app can add kind of a new experience to these places that you've already been. Yeah. So it's just a way to increase enjoyment on multiple return visits. I think the one in Pandora actually had stuff light up. I wasn't able to be... I was just guessing on it because we were sitting down in one spot and I was supposed to be somewhere else. But it told me to look for something Hmm. a few times, so I don't know. We'll have to actually try it out. Was the Agent P World Showcase Adventure in the Play Disney Parks app? Yes. Okay. It was so much fun. Mm -hmm. I had so much fun doing that. I love it's like a giant scavenger hunt with like little tiny rewards throughout. Yeah. It was oh, I loved it. I wish they I really do wish they would do more stuff like that. It would be cool if you completed all of it. They gave you like a special Perry pin. So I was talking to my teacher about this and they actually went up to the booth because his kids aren't allowed to have phones. Okay. And he said that they have Perry the Platypus coins that come out Ah. of a coin machine that turned because they did it with the booth okay so interesting so if you do want like a physical reward you need to check in at the booth yeah but the the thing turns on its own no one turns it Mm -hmm. it's i really i'm jealous yeah that's cool we missed out on that yeah we might have to go and do the booth we're doing it again okay yeah (laughs) garrett's pretty excited he didn't get to do the parry challenges so we're gonna do that again Hey, McKenna, how do you feel about Walt Disney World color trends? My favorite color trend is yellow, mm-hmm. and I missed out on it. But Dapper yellow. Dapper yellow, but I, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. So you like that? I do. That they pick these colors and they say, this is the trend. Yeah, it's kind of like um, there's the paint thing that sets the color for the year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, previously we've had rose gold. Yes. Which mom loved. Potion purple, which yeah, I think mom I, enjoyed as well. You I like, like that one. I per- like potion purple. Briar rose gold. I don't know the difference between rose gold and briar rose gold. I know we had millennial pink. Yes. And then that was we a big thing. then we had dapper yellow. Well, there's a new one coming. Get ready. Oh. Spirit jerseys and Minnie Mouse ears are going to be decked out in this new color, and it's called imagination pink. Interesting. Yeah, it's a hot pink kind of color. Oh. It's um, yeah. Like and the bubblegum wall? Yeah, I, it, that's what it reminds me of, is is maybe even a little more red than the bubblegum wall. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a cool color. I like it. I, I think I like it better than like the really light millennial pink. See, I like this pink better. I'm not a fan of millennial pink. I like, if you're going to wear pink, might as well wear pink. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Millennial pink is... Um, softer. It's softer. And I think of that as being more of the traditional pink. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. If Miss Piggy's going to wear pink. She's going to wear hot pink. 
You Miss think so? Piggy, oh, Miss Piggy would go out. I was going to go the other direction. Mm, I don't know. She's I, classy. Millennial pink is classier, but hot pink is true. True pink. True pink. Okay. All right. Interesting. Well, I think it looks good. I like this color. And M- McKenna and I, a couple years ago, decided that we were going to start the, um, we were going to start trying to set the trend and bring neon back. Yeah. So we were trying to find neon in stores. Which I bought. It was hard. I, it was hard to find, but I did find a neon yellow polo that I started wearing occasionally to work. <laughs> it certainly gets people's attention. Yeah. Uh, it's basically day glow. It's crazy how love- bright that is. Um, I think neon's fun. I think it's so much fun. I wish there was more neon. I'm all for it. Maybe we ought to start making Monday Morning Monorail gear in neon. That, that could be, be our interesting. thing. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm down for that. We need to work on that a little bit. But uh, check the T Public store. Maybe coming <laughs> soon. Although they control what colors the shirts uh, are. Um, but we could make the logos neon. That's true. But then it would look neat. weird on some colors. Yeah. Well, some of those do anyway. You got <laughs> you have to really check and make sure that the logos match the color that you pick for the shirt because some of those it's not it will not work out well for you. Um, but yeah, we need to find a way to bring it back, and I think we use this podcast as a platform to bring back neon. Bring back neon. <laughs> I want to live in the eighties. <laughs> She's. You should talk about how you've been um, crimping. crimping my hair. Yeah, yeah. Crimping your hair. Oh my gosh! Yes. I, I, everyone gives me compliments when I crimp my hair, <laughs> but to do it, since my crimper, crimper doesn't actually get hot enough, I have to braid my hair, and I, dad says I look like the bassist from Corn <laughs> when I do it, <laughs> um, but it works, so just spray a little water, braid it, <laughs> leave it in for a day. She even did it for her graduation I day, did. which I happened awesome. just this past Thursday. And I got to wear a pantsuit. Also, thank you to everyone who said happy graduation. Well, happy congr- graduation. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited to not be in high school anymore. You did get a lot of shout outs from our friends out in the Twitter world. And uh, McKenna is not as active on Twitter, but I do no. pass those along to her. So she sees them. So thank you so much. And um, we're very proud. Proud parents. Yeah. I didn't cry. Uh-huh. I didn't. He cried at the end. Maybe a little. Maybe. Uh-huh. You, he cried at the end. <laughs> Whenever I was running off to go hang out with my friends, he cried. I did. But I made it through the ceremony without, which was, for me, that was an accomplishment. <laughs> but that'll do it for the news of the week. We're going to now throw it on over to me and Landon in the middle portion of this monorail for a little M34D. Stick with us because we're going to have a big finale to the show. You're, you're not going to want to miss it. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And joining me to complete the quad D combo is, I don't know, land in the Dawes Don't Land and save me from this terrible intro. Uh, I don't know if, if uh, I have that type of power, though. I do want to point out, I've been here for a week. I thought we were going to break down uh, the moms in Disney, but uh, you didn't <laughs> let me know we weren't recording last week. The moms. So. The moms in... So are we breaking down moms in Disney films? Is that what we're going for? No, we're just breaking down all the moms in Disney and film, TV, uh, cast members, people that are in the park. Yes, Shout in the out park. to you. The okay. number one is you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're a week late on that one, but uh, but we're back together for a very good reason, and that is to get back into the flow. Exactly. Uh, a Sherman Brothers classic. We're breaking down the Carousel of Progress today, and 
this one I've been anticipating for quite a while. We're getting ready to, to dive into some heavy hitters, and this is one that I've really been looking forward to. For those of you who may, I don't know, I mean, I kind of feel like everybody knows Carousel of Progress, but maybe that's a silly thing for me to think. If you don't know what it is, it is a carousel, but a theater. A four-act show that kind of takes you through um, the American experience and the advancements in technology from the turn of the century right up through the... I think it it puts you somewhere into, what, the 90s uh, at the end? Yeah, I would say, like, the 90s, maybe, like, early 2000s. It kind of felt like when uh, Marty McFly went into the future in Back to the Future 2, is it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah that that one where, where it was it was kind of futuristic, but at the same time, this really just felt like the '90s, but just turned to eleven. Yeah, and and the reason I'm a little fuzzy on the date is because it's supposed to just be contemporary. But any time that you ride that ride, you realize, well, this is the present, but it's the present that we already really had. It's a, <laughs> it's a carousel of progress, but progress stops somewhere in the mid '90s. Yeah. Which, I mean, it highlights some of the difficulty, not just with this ride, but with Tomorrowland in general. Trying to stay ahead of the curve is is difficult. But if you think about this in terms of this show was created uh, for the 1964 World's Fair in New York, then it helps you to get some perspective on what they were shooting for. And really, when you rode this ride, let's say in the, the 80s, if you went on Carousel of Progress in the 80s and you saw the contemporary scene... You would have felt like, wow, that's a pretty cool future. I'm excited about being able to talk to my oven and play vir- virtual reality games with Grandma. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Grandma got, what, 550 on space shooters or whatever? She's, she set a record. Yeah, Gizmo is doing good. Good on you, Gizmo. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm fine with Disney not trying to continue to chase making that scene feel like the future and just being satisfied with the fact that this is what it is. It was something that was made at a point in time. And let's just appreciate the fact that this thing is so Walt Disney. It, it's perfect. It's beyond, it, it's beyond flaw because it is Walt Disney. It has his fingerprints all over it. And yeah, I would I would echo everything you said. I mean, like they could try and continue to chase the dragon, so to speak, and continue to try and update it. But at the same time, like I kind of feel like you you talked about how it has the fingerprints of Walt on it. If they were to continue to try and update it, every update they did would take away yeah. more and more of what makes this ride so awesome. And I do think part of it is because it is so Walt. This is a Walt ride i mean like i'm kind of surprised this didn't end up in epcot because this screams edutainment Mm -hmm. to the nth degree yeah and particularly because it was created for a world's fair which exactly yeah exactly which was kind of the idea behind epcot anyway um so you're right i mean it almost feels like if they were going to ever relocate it again because this is this show's third home as we'll get into then it really should end up in Future World at some point. But I'll tell you, I, I would be just happy with, like I said, you don't have to update the show scenes anymore. They're fine. Let's just make sure that we keep it running and keep it in good condition. I don't want to see the you know our narrator start to break down. Um, I don't want to see old Uncle Orville. You know, and, and maybe his bathtub gets a leak in it or something. Like, <laughs> I swear to God, if something happens to that dog animatronic, I will riot. Exactly. We gotta keep we gotta keep everybody working and in good in good shape. And as long as as long as we do that, then I think everybody's gonna be happy. But um, let's talk about why what makes this show a little bit unique. So you are seated in a theater, but unlike every other theater that you've probably ever experienced, this theater <laughs> rotates. Not the yep. stage, the seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like it, it cracks me up. Like I uh, I was doing uh, some research uh, for this episode, and I was watching a I guess point of view camera. Uh, walk through or ride through or whatever and it's like when you go into the auditorium it's like please find your seat and remain seated and I thought if you've never rode this ride before it's like it's an auditorium who cares (laughs) like 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 these are seats yeah oh oh contraire my friend just wait a second (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. I wonder... It, like, like, it, it feels like... Uh, I'm, I'm curious how many carousel rides have it to where the center is, I guess, well, center, and then, and then everything else goes around it. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think... I can't think of anything else that's like this off the top of my head. And you know I'm aware of every single attraction that's ever been built in the world, so... Mm-hmm. Y- y- you are the knowledge dude on this podcast. <laughs> I just do extensive research beforehand. But based on that extensive research, I didn't come up with any comparables to this. And it is the incomparable Carousel of Progress. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I was actually just thinking while you were talking about that, I wonder if it's possible, just in like a test mode, for them to set it to where it just continues to rotate and maybe even control the speed. Like how fast do you think that thing could go? I, I would love it to know. Be going that fast? No, I mean it's like I it's like I watched a video of uh, I think it was from like last year or something, and, and it's not like it was you know booking it or you know tearing uh, expletive deleted <laughs> around uh, the carousel. Or whatever. No, it, it certainly does not. Um, it I would say it probably moves at a lightning fast speed of about two miles an hour or something. Whoa, I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow it down there. I don't even know if it goes that fast, <laughs> but. But my question is, I wonder if they could crank it up. And, like, if, if, <laughs> if they were just testing out the mechanics, could that maybe g- top out the, the uh, speedometer somewhere around 10, 15? And even if it did, what would, <laughs> what would that be like if you were sitting in the theater? That would be insane. Um, uh, it would kind of be nuts because I do think the speed is kind of set to the pace of the show. So I guess for every speed you crank it up on the seats you got to crank up the speed of the show <laughs> so, so we can see progress real freaking that's fast. right progress moves quickly these days um especially these days i just thought of a comparable so if you start thinking about the theater spinning as fast as it could we're talking like i would call it the gravitron or what do they call it starship 3000 or something like that whatever it is whatever you you can stick to the wall and uh, you know the little panels slide up and down, but I guess that's somewhat comparable. <laughs> You've got something exactly, in the center, except this one would be for progress. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, this was actually created for the 1964 New York World's Fair by Walt himself and WED Enterprises. It was supposed to be. Where did that happen at? The where did it happen? I think it was in New York. Are you sure? <laughs> The backyard of old man Frank Cardillo in Queens. <laughs> so, so Frank had to be what, like, uh, like thirty three during uh, the sixty four uh, World's Fair. That's right. Yeah, I heard that he cut the ribbon to like kick off the ceremony. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, they still called him old man Frank. Yeah. Uh, even, back then. even back then, when he still had hair. Uh, <laughs> Hey, listen. Oh, that explains why he wears the fedora. I, I listen. I can make comments like that because I'm losing mine too. But, Not me, baby. Look at this. Yeah, oh. you got beautiful thick locks, Mister Doan. So created for the World's Fair, and it was supposed to be the centerpiece of the General Electric Pavilion. So GE and GE was the original sponsor of this ride. I think I remember. I, I don't know when the GE sponsorship actually stopped for Carousel of Progress, but. Let's see if I can find it really quickly as I look at my notes. Yeah. Um, I do think it's interesting that so many of these early, especially like day one, and even not necessarily just day one, uh, looks like it expired March 10th of 1985. But I do think it's interesting that so many of these day one, and even not necessarily day one, but very early attractions, had corporate sponsors. And that's just not something we see anymore. It's not like you see, uh, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy breakout sponsored by Lyft or something right. like that. Right. It's not as common for sure, but it absolutely, in terms of business, makes sense. If Disney can mm-hmm. find a good partner and get them to foot the bill for these attractions. Especially part of the upkeep, too. Yeah. So, so you step into this, this theater. Oh, I was going through the history and I got myself sidetracked. But um, 1964 World's Fair, after which it was moved to Disneyland. And it was there from 67 until 1973 when it was actually replaced in Disneyland by a little show called America Sings. 
and then yeah the carousel was moved and opened in Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom in 1975 so again this was not a day one attraction because uh, Magic Kingdom opened in 71 but it was close and then it's been there ever since and it has been updated through the years it's been updated uh, five times that I can count once in 67 once in 75 once in 81 once in 85 and then the last time was in 1993 and it's had two count them two distinct theme songs both written by the infamous sherman brothers infamous probably isn't the word we'll just call them hall of walt disney world hall of fame legendary sherman brothers there we go but uh some of their songs are infamously known for getting in the small recesses of your mind and (laughs) Never leaving. <laughs> and this is one of them. That's true. Well, Landon, it is time to pick a side. Is now the time, now the best time, or is there a great big beautiful tomorrow? Lock it in. Which is your favorite? There is a great big beautiful tomorrow. It's like I have I've did research for this particular M340, and ever since I've done that, Four days I have had. There is a great big beautiful stuck in my mind when I put my head down on my pillow, close my <laughs> eyes, and I say my prayers to the big man above. It's like, oh wait, wait, I hear him talking to me. What is? There is a great big. Be- oh no, not again. So that is my vote. Just only because. Please make it stop. Please make it stop. Well, I'm like, with like, you. I'm not. I'm not saying this is. Uh, it's a small world, but it's pretty goddamn close. <laughs> I'm with you though. That one's my favorite as well, and I I love the message of it. I think it's yeah. It's mm-hmm, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll agree. I just want it to stop playing in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I think they both have some good, uh, you know, good messages in them. But um, there's a great big beautiful tomorrows. There's just something about that one, and um, I that's the one that continuously gets stuck in my head as well. And um, I just can't help but think of our narrator Ralphie singing it to us. Um, <laughs> He's really enthused about that song. You got to give it to him. He is. He loves it. And even even oh, uh, oh God, does he? He he sings it throughout the ages at, for hundreds of years. He's he's been singing that song. <laughs> You know, according to legend, Walt Disney himself proclaimed that the Carousel of Progress was his favorite attraction and that it should never cease operation. You hear that, Disney? It should never cease operation, according to the man himself. And you don't want to anger him because if he was cryogenically frozen and and someday he can be brought back, then he will wreak his vengeance on those who do away with the Carousel of Progress. So don't touch it. Keep your fingers off of it. I just want to point out that uh, I, Landon known I'm not the one that drove this particular M340D off the tracks into insanity. <laughs> not my fault this time. No, not my fault. No, I'll gladly take the blame for this one. <laughs> well, like, it is interesting. Like, first of all, I'm going to need a second source for this rumor. Okay. Uh, because uh, that is a fun rumor. But... It does kind of ask the question. It hasn't been touched since the early 90s. If it hasn't been touched now, do you think they're going to? And if they're not going to update it, do you think this kind of makes it an endangered species? So, yes. Both good questions. One thing that makes has always made me worry about this ride is that sometimes it goes to seasonal operation. I think that I think that it does require a lot of maintenance and upkeep, and that's expensive. So I think that anytime you factor those characteristics into an attraction, it makes it on the chopping block potentially. And it kind of depends on the leadership involved and if they have any sort of nostalgia or any sort of reverence for attachment or or attachment for the things that, you know, Walt was involved with. Um, Hasn't been updated since 93 like I said, I don't necessarily think that it needs to be, but you almost wonder if it's always one of those things that they put on the table because Tomorrowland has been such a enigma of what they want to do with it. And again, we talked about this earlier in the podcast. It, it's almost like if they got like a really good, strong vision for where they wanted to go with Tomorrowland, 
say they they did turn, and I know they can't right now just because of all the the rights with Universal and all this. But like, let's just say they decided to go the direction of like a Tony Stark Technology Expo in Tomorrowland. Yeah, because that seems like the most obvious thing staring them in the face. But like you said, due to contractual obligations, until they buy Universal, they can't do that. Yeah, but but if they if they could, I think Carousel would be out. And and if that happened, I would hope yeah. I would hope that it would just be relocated and not just retired. Because I mean, like it feels like even now it would have a place in Epcot. I think so. I think it always would. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I, the question is, if hypothetically it was ever to be moved to Epcot, where do you put it? Hmm. Why not? Well, get yeah. rid of Frozen. It's had a good run. Just, just nobody likes it. Just, just you know, get done with it. I was gonna say, no. if they could somehow find room in the American Pavilion, it would be pretty cool to have it there. Mm, okay. But they already have a huge animatronic heavy show in the America Pavilion in the United States Pavilion. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to put it there. But you could probably put it somewhere over on the side where they've got, like, Mission Space, um, where the space restaurant's going to go. I'm sure you could find room for it. Better yet, coming soon to Disney Springs. Disney Springs. That'd be an interesting choice, too. <laughs> hey, you know what? I only have, I'm only half kidding when I say that. Watch that. In five years, they're going to start moving stuff like that to Disney Springs. Yeah. Well, then, then you're going to start talking about will they ever start like requiring you to have a park ticket to get into Disney Springs, and I don't think that they would do that because they'd be losing out on a lot of cash. But if, yeah, yeah, they they would definitely lose lose out on people that just want to come and shop because they have some really cool shops and restaurants down there. They do, just like you said, like the the Marvel sh- shop you loved so much. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, I totally loved it. So, I want to find that their, their cigar bar down there. Oh, yeah. You got to check that out. We need a review. Get down there and do it. That's your next hey, assignment. I, I, I'm looking to go back uh, sooner rather than later. So Yeah, absolutely. You, you got to come down for a big housewarming party coming up. Of so. course, now that I'm annual pass holder landed down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just twirl your mustache oh, yeah. while you say that. As I put on my monocle. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I guess now that y'all live down there or, or more than half or almost half of your family now lives down there. That's right. So we haven't really totally explained that this show, while you're rotating, basically what's happening is the first scene, you're starting in the 1900s. You've got the narrator sitting in the middle of his kitchen. He's telling you all about the modern conveniences of his home. And that happens around the turn of a century. So around 1900, the theater further rotates to take you to the next scene, which is around 1925, 1927. It spins again and takes you into the 40s. And then the last scene is supposed to be um, current, present day. And uh, it's, well, like we said, quote unquote, present day. <laughs> yeah, it's a dated presence. <laughs> but, uh, but it's all good stuff. It's, uh, the, the voice acting is great. Like I said, we've got some pretty famous voices involved with this. Not only did the Sherman Brothers write the song, but I did mention the narrator is Ralphie from A Christmas Story. But but yeah. not the kid, not the kid Ralphie, the one who actually narrates Christmas Story. <laughs> exactly, yeah, the one you actually hear. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, the grown-up voice of Ralphie is the voice of uh, Carousel of Progress, which is pretty awesome. And uh, and on top of that, the animatronics, even though they haven't been updated since '93, or I, I'm sure they've had you know some uh, bolts tightened, yeah. but I mean they still look really strong. Yeah, they do. They hold up, and this is a close proximity attraction mm-hmm. yes i can so, tell so you, you you are right up on the scene yeah and i can tell you as a kid i certainly had moments watching this attraction where i was like are those actors i don't know mm-hmm. but i was a very uh easily fooled child <laughs> so i don't know if that says much i can honestly tell you as i've mentioned before on this podcast i truly believed when i went into the seas that when you stepped on a hydrolator, you were going somewhere. I totally bought it. So You were, buddy. You totally were. I, I, I was, in my mind. <laughs> Let's see if I've got some other fun facts for you here. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. But, I'll decide if these facts are fun or not. Yes, that's. Go I'm going to lay them out for your review and approval. Because that's what we do on M340. Here's one for you. I mentioned Uncle Orville earlier. 
He has a voice that you no, might... popcorn magnate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he has a voice you might recognize because he was the same actor that voiced one Bugs Bunny. Is that a good okay. one? Okay. Yeah, see, I like that one. I will deem that as fun. Uh, do you know which, uh, which uh, voice actor uh, of Bugs did his uh, voice? Well, I'm assuming it was an original bug, like maybe the original Bugs Bunny, because the voice of Uncle Orville, you know, was voiced a, a long time ago. Um, okay, well, super. Th- th- indeed, I will deem that fun. Please continue. Okay. All four of the scenes that you get to witness in Carousel of Progress, not only are they in different decades, they, they're all different holidays. The first one is Valentine's Day. The second one is Fourth of July. The third, Halloween. I think the third might be my fa- favorite. And then Christmas in the modern day. Okay, uh, I will deem this fact three-fourths fun because Valentine's Day is a bullcrap holiday. <laughs> three-fourths fun. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. According to my notes, there are four hidden Mickeys in the final scene. Ooh. Yeah, you'll notice a Mickey nutcracker on the mantle over the fireplace. There's also a white Mickey pepper mill in the kitchen. You'll also notice a painting on the dining room wall that looks like a Mickey. And then the most obvious is the plush Mickey within the presence. I don't know. Okay, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Any, any, any fact that has to deal with hidden Mickeys, automatic fun in my book. So uh, that is a four stamp of fun. Okay, I'll accept that. What do you mean you'll accept it? Of course you will. This is my job. <laughs> I am the decider. Um, I already mentioned the voiceover actor of the narrator. Uh, here's one that, that's listed. You will notice that to each side of the stage, there are areas where other animatronics appear. These are the members of the family that that our host is interacting with. In each of the era scenes, in each of the era scenes, these side rooms change during the show. There is a scrim over each side, and when the lights are out, the stages on that on the side rotate 180 degrees, so you get a brand new scene beside behind the screen. This is similar to what they do in like the Country Bear Jamboree, because you've got different things that pop up on either side of the stage. And what they do is they'll close those curtains. Whatever is behind the curtain rotates 180 degrees. Then they open the curtains and it's like a whole new thing. It's, it is a cool effect. I've always really enjoyed that. It's not totally invisible to the viewer because the stages make noise when they rotate and the lighting isn't perfect. You can kind of see them rotating behind those screens, but it's pretty good. It's cool enough. Even though you know how the magic trick is done, it's still pretty cool. I'm going to get in here and say there were way too many numbers and then you involved angles, so I'm going to say this fact is, in fact, not fun. Oh, okay. Like, like, like I felt like we were going to have to do math, and it's like, dude, no, I'm out. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's like, if I'm not getting college credit for this fun fact, no thank you. You were told there would be no math. I get it. Landon, do you have a favorite of the four scenes, would you say? Even though I bagged on it for being, you know, kind of dated at this point, I really do like the end just because it's like, I know it's going to sound hokey and lame, but it's like, like you can, you can almost feel the hope and, and the optimism in the family talking about, yeah, they're there together for Christmas. You know, grandma's over there going platinum on, you know, uh, Space (laughs) Invaders uh, 7000 or whatever, but like just, just the hopefulness that this family has together going forward for not only them, but I feel like like humanity as a whole. And I kind of feel like that's exactly what this ride was going for. It wants to show you where we came from and where we're going and what we're going to be doing. And we're kind of doing it together. So, so I'm, so I'm going to go with the end being my favorite, I guess, uh, scene of the carousel of progress because it is there is a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I, and I like how in kind of each of the scenes, the narrator makes a comment and he says something like, how could things be any better than this? And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it is good. Heck, heck, even Sorry to jump in. Even in that first scene where he's talking about, it's like uh, it, running water, yeah. uh, the ability to have ice. How can it get any better than that? I yeah. mean, like, just think about that. I mean, talking about the carousel of progress, that's how far we as a society has come in Honestly, that small amount of time, the fact that, what, 150 years ago, our ancestors were struggling for running water and, you know, being able to, you know, survive. And here we are, you and me, Jay, we're talking over the Internet through computers. Yeah. 
that's kind of neat. It's a really good point, yeah, that you're making because uh, nowadays we're creating something that couldn't have even been conceived of back, uh, you know, in the 1900s, the turn of the century. We would be called heretics, and we would be burned for being witches if yeah. we brought this up back in the day. Yeah, it's magical. It is magical. Mm-hmm. and uh, It we, is magic, much like magnets. And I think you're right. I think the ride, when you think about it in, in those terms, it does a good job of not only giving you hope for the future and getting your imagination going and just thinking, you know, man has a dream, and that's the spark. And then he follows that dream with mind and heart. And when it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true for you and me. And all of that is in our future, right? But think about where we have come from in such a short period of time. And it makes you even appreciate what we have. So it does all of it. It's amazing. I have a whole new appreciation for this ride. Just even having this conversation has done it for me. Right? See, yeah. that's what we do right here on M34D. We, we tell you about the history of rides, but we also make you look at it at a different angle. I love it. And I'm glad Sam's not involved in this conversation because she'd just be sitting over here going, boring, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know what, buddy? Uh, you are going to have to be living with her in close quarters. So if you feel comfortable saying that, that is your own funeral. <laughs> I just know my wife well, and I know what she likes, and I know what she doesn't. I do, too, and, and, and she's so going to murder you. <laughs> she's going to wear you like like a loser suit. <laughs> she will. Well, that's a good point, and maybe that's a, it gives us a good time to maybe wrap this up. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yep, anytime we start talking about loser suits, it is definitely a good time to wrap it. So uh, in order to keep me from saying too much more why don't you tell people where they can find you well hey now l-a-n-d-o-z please go follow me landon don't i'm, I'm the best, best. landon don't not, not the rest. rest and um something or another i'm gonna go back to Walt disney world eventually at some point hey woo, now woo, hey about woo. it uh I run a website, buttmunchchips.com, buttmunchchips. Sit on your butt, sit on your butt and munch. That's where you can find uh, the no longer exclusively posted Game of Thrones talk, a.k.a. Got Talk. That is where myself, Hunter East, and Kevin Scott, not Great Kevin Scott Smith or Michael Scott, as I've almost <laughs> called him. No, no, I, I straight up called him Kevin Smith on one, uh, on one episode. It was great. <laughs> Whoops, nice. my bad. Uh, but uh, that that is where you can find uh, Got Talk. Hell, I, I, I have no idea what's going on. If you're a fan of Game of Thrones, <laughs> uh, go check out that in the iTunes store. Search Game of Thrones Talk or Got Talk. Um, we're kind of behind on the schedule because one of our co-hosts decided to go to Italy and then Kevin couldn't record. So... Um, yeah, Man. we're going to figure something out. Just um, throw them right under the bus. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> screw those guys. Um, if you're a fan of the sweet science of professional wrestling, myself and Will Rab might be breaking out near fall radio because uh, AEW, or All Elite Wrestling, has a pay-per-view coming up this weekend. It's called Double or Nothing, and we're super excited about it. And they're also coming to uh, TNT in the fall. So uh, if you're, once again, if, if you like dudes in stretchy pants fake fighting each other, be sure and give Nearfall Radio a uh, subscribe. Awesome. Oh, and I'm also on the Phil Show, News Talk 98.7 WOKI. That's right. Sneak that in there at the end. So we're going to end on that one. Landon, thanks so much for joining me once again this week, and I look forward to seeing you again on the next M34D. This is Justin Monorail, and I am coming to you live today from an exclusive, unrevealed, undisclosed location with one very special guest, and that is, of course, Chicken Nugget himself, Garrett Monorail. Garrett, I know that you're, you've got a busy schedule, and you don't have a lot of time left with us, and that's why we're doing this interview on the way to the airport, but thanks so much for granting me a few minutes today to, to talk with Nug Nation. Yeah, I've got nothing better to do. 
<laughs> I guess that's true when you're just in the, on the road riding to the airport. We are literally in our vehicle transporting Garrett and, of course, Mama Monorail as well, back to the airport. Garrett is officially moving down. Today is his move day, and he is no longer a resident of East Tennessee. He is officially going to be a resident of Orlando, Florida. So, Garrett, I know one of the first things on the agenda is to pick up that annual pass, and I wanted to ask you how you feel about that. Um, I mean, I'm very excited, but I don't know where I wanted to go first. Yeah, that was my next question. If, if you were going to pick a park to start out in as an annual pass holder, what would your preference be? I think Animal Kingdom. Oh, Animal Kingdom. That's an interesting choice. So what made you pick that one? Um, it's just... Lion King is kind of how I started out liking Disney, and there's just... Animal Kingdom has a special place in my heart. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you love that Lion King show, don't you? Oh, very much. The Festival of the Lion King, that's a good one. Um, okay, so do you think you're going to feel different about di visiting the parks as an annual pass holder as opposed to someone with a day ticket? I, I don't think so. I think I'm still going to think it's amazing. It won't get old to you and just become like the norm? Disney will never get old. <laughs> I hope that's true. I think that's true. There's so much to do, and we can fill our time in a lot of different ways. Um, are you interested in trying out some things that sometimes we don't have time for, like maybe in the Magic Kingdom trying out the Pirate Adventure game? Definitely. Yeah, that and the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, the card game, would be cool, right? Yeah, yeah. and I want to see some shows. Some shows that maybe you haven't seen. Let's think about that for a second. What shows have you not seen at Walt Disney World? Do you, so... Well, you haven't seen Lightning McQueen yet, the Racing Academy. And we haven't seen all of the uh, the Muppet ones. Oh, you want to see all the different uh, great moments in history. Yeah. But only the American parts. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, we only saw the Paul Revere show, so uh, there are a few more at least. I don't know how many. Sam, do you know how many Muppet shows there are? I don't either. Um, hashtag save the Muppets, of course. But, yeah, that's a good point. And uh, maybe maybe you'll have a chance to go over to Pizza Rizzo while it's open for a limited time here. Um, I said last week that they, or I don't know if it was last week, maybe it was before that. They were opening temporarily opening up Pizza Rizzo because they're refurbishing uh, a restaurant. I said it was the Backlot Express. It's not. It's the ABC Commissary that's getting upgraded. Um, so it's shut down, and they opened up Pizza Rizzo. But did you hear about the, the Toy Story restaurant that's coming to Toy Story Land? I did not hear about that, but it sounds interesting. Yeah, it's going to be uh, uh, Roundup Rodeo Barbecue is what they're calling it. So, And it's kind of sticking with the theme of you're still the size of a toy. The restaurant's going to look like it's made out of like Andy's toys and toy boxes and games and stuff. And it kind of looks like it could be a bit overwhelming in terms of like sensory overload in there. Lots of colors and lots of things to look at. Uh, but it looks like it'll be pretty cool and a barbecue option will be nice um may and then i'm wondering what they'll do with pizza rizzo after that do you have any suggestions um keep it keep it but make it more muppets keep it but make it more muppets right now it's a little more like a it's like a new york subway with muppet decorations they could do a little bit more with it i like mckenna's suggestion of maybe opening up a uh, kermit's back porch new orleans style restaurant or something that'd be good yeah. would would you would you enjoy uh uh, more of like a signature dining Muppets experience? Yeah, that, I, I would. Another question, Garrett. With your annual pass, you are going to have access to the water parks, which is something that we've never done before. So are you excited about trying out Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach? Yeah, I really am. What's your favorite part of water park? Um, I like lazy rivers. Yeah. But, I mean, all, all of it are pretty good. It is pretty good. You're more of a, in my mind, correct me if I'm wrong, you enjoy the wave pool more than you do slides. Yeah. Although slides are good, too. Okay, so you will try out the slides. Yeah. There's that, I, I can't think of the one at uh, Blizzard Beach that's the, it's the tall one with the steep drop. Um, but are you going to try some of the, the higher, more exciting slides? I might. Okay. We'll, we'll put that as a maybe. Well, uh, the other thing, one of the things that happened just in the last couple of weeks, did you know that they took all the tarps off of the gondolas? I did not. 
but I want to see all the characters. Yeah, so now they're uh, fully testing the gondolas with the tarps off. There's a lot of really cool-looking ones. I like the Haunted Mansion one quite a bit. Of course, Remy is making the rounds. I know McKenna's excited about seeing that gondola. Um, I think there is a Lion King one, so that one, you might be interested in that. But you'll be able to see that firsthand when you get down there, so we'll need a report of how those gondolas are looking. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you how, how they look. Yep. And did you know uh, when you get your annual pass, you're going to get a Magic Band, and you can actually, you can pay $14.99 and upgrade it with a custom Magic Band now instead of just going with a solid color. Um, if you could have any character on a Magic Band, who would it be? Mm, that's hard. I'll have to think about it. You've got the cool Infus Nest one from Star Wars, from Solo, A Star Wars Story. Um, do you think you'd go Simba, maybe someone from Lion King, or would you go like with a Marvel character? Or? Okay, Simba is pretty cool. It's a good idea. Uh, either Simba or Donald Duck. Donald Duck would be a good one. Donald Duck's on your phone case. We picked that up from uh, D Tech down in Disney Springs the last time we were there. It's a pretty cool custom case. I'm going to ask a question I already know the answer to. Hey, McKenna, if you could have any character on a magic band, who would it be? Remy the Rat. (laughs) (laughs) That was an unnecessary question, but, you know, we just had to have it on record. we got to have Remy mentions every day on the podcast, every Monday. So, uh, McKenna, how are you feeling about Garrett being the next one to get his annual pass? I'm really jealous. Um, I wish it was me, but I understand. It's fine. Whatever. (laughs) Well... You and I can suffer together in mutual jealousy of Mama Monorail and and Little Nug enjoying some uh, time in the parks without us, but we're going to catch up. We'll get down there, and we're going to go without them several times. And and you know I'm probably going to get sick, so it's not going to be too fun. Well, yeah, you you struggle a lot with allergies, and... uh, this this week has been tough on you, but it was similar to kind of what you dealt with while we were at, down at Disney for spring break. I'm hoping that maybe it's just a seasonal thing and it won't be so bad for you when, once you get down there. But who knows? You're changing climates a little bit. You're changing environments, different plants. It'll take you some time to get used to it. I think we should take you back to an allergist and do that bubble test again. What do you think? Nope. <laughs> but they'll give you a popsicle. Uh, that does not help the pain. Yeah, I don't know if any of you have ever either gone through allergy tests or had a child go through allergy tests, but it was basically like watching him suffer through torture like he was a prisoner of war. He would have given up any information that he had in that situation. (laughs) It was pretty bad, and I felt watching it happen, I know I felt like a terrible parent. But And then we found out you're allergic to cats and mold, which, you know, cats, we kept the cats. We try to keep you away from mold. But, uh, yeah, um, so hopefully, I don't know, maybe it won't be as bad when you get in Florida, but I think you're still going to suffer with these allergies. I don't think it's going to be a relief. It's going to be even more moist and humid, so. Yeah, that's, that's not good. Yeah, that's right. Not good at all. Um, well, Garrett, what are you going to miss most about East Tennessee? The mountains. And, you know, the style of the cabins. Uh, the mountain cabins, you know. Yeah. You have really developed more of an appreciation for not only the mountains and the cabins, but also flannel shirts in the last couple of years. <laughs> only when it was time for you to leave do you truly appreciate what you're leaving behind. Yeah. I, I think that's typical about things, though. I guess that's true. Do you think when you get to Florida, you won't really want to ever go to the beach? Um, no, I definitely will want to, but I kind of am less appreciative of beaches now because I can't ever uh, stop water from getting in my mouth and I get sick because of it. (laughs) Keep your mouth closed. Simple solution. Shut your mouth. (laughs) I'm going to make another shaft reference. Two weeks in a row. Um, Yeah, I mean, it is beautiful. We're riding down the uh, Pellissippi Parkway right now headed towards... McGee Tyson Airport, and this is a pretty scenic route. You get to see a lot of mountains, so appreciate this, Garrett. Appreciate this as you take off. Look out your window. Oh, you don't have a window seat. Never mind. So appreciate it now. (laughs) You won't be able to see it from the plane. Um, But we'll be back. We have family. 
Well, I mean, I'm not leaving. Me and McKenna will still be here. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, so speaking of that, obviously this is kind of like phase two of move the monorail to Orlando. Now Garrett's going down, so Sam won't be alone anymore. We'll have two, half, 50% of the monorail family will be living in Orlando. And uh, the good news is we're not going to be held up because we're trying to sell the house. So some of you who follow us on Twitter, at Morning Monorail, you would have seen that we uh, had a for sale sign in the yard. I posted that. I was excited that we finally got the house on the market. We were very, very lucky. We had an offer within five hours of the house being on the market, and it was a very good offer that we ended up accepting. We are now through the inspection phase, and everything's all good. And then on the other side, of course, we had to have a place to go. We ended up putting an offer on a house, I think the next day, next day or two, after we had an offer on ours, it was accepted, we're through the inspections there, so we're good, everything's moving ahead, as it should be. We got a place to go, we're selling our house, we have a closing date, so our official move date is going to be the weekend of the 14th, 15th, and 16th, and uh, we'll be closing on the new house on the 17th, so... uh, yeah, I mean, the only thing holding us back right now is time. We got we got to get through um, just a few weeks here, but all the big major hurdles are past. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I definitely am excited to move into our new house. Yeah. So uh, once we get down there, well, um, I know we've got a few things on planned um, in terms of doing some recordings with some of our podcasting cousins out there. I mentioned before we're going to be going on Keenan and Rachel's part of our world podcast and kind of talking about this whole process, and so look forward to that. But we've also been talking with uh, Jeremy and Rhonda from uh, Main Street Magic, and um, we mentioned that maybe we'll do an in-person recording with them at some point, which is going to be fun. Uh, and the other big thing that's looming out there is the switch a or as the rest of us call it, hashtag switcheroo-skadoo part two. Um, we've been saying maybe we're going to do that live, which would be really fun, live and in person. Uh, I know <laughs> I know Sam is ready to finally meet Jen in person, and uh, I'm excited to see them again as well, and the Nugs are excited to meet them in person. So that'll be good. But yeah, lots of really cool stuff coming up very, very soon. So stay tuned for all of that. But for now, we're going to wrap it up. Hope you all have a great week. Thanks so much for listening to the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. Tell your friends. Subscribe. Give us ratings and reviews on iTunes. You can be honest. We prefer five-star. There is somebody out there who gave us a three-star but didn't leave a comment about it. That's fine. We're not bitter at all. It's all good. We're still averaging five, so that's fine. Um, Follow us on Twitter. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, call our voicemail, leave us prank calls. We enjoy your phony calls. I'm making a Weird Al reference. I don't know if you all know that he did a a version of Waterfalls and he called it uh, Phony Calls. Don't go making phony calls. In this case, I'm encouraging you to do it. But we will talk to you again next week. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. (laughs) See y'all.